So today in our ITB Travel Hero podcast, I'm very happy to say hello to Dr. Christopher Warren from My Green Butler. Hello. So, hi. It's so nice to have you here. So tell us a little bit more. Who are you? How would you describe yourself? I'm a hospitality professional. I've been running my own hospitality business for nearly 20 years. Before that, I was in um, innovation and marketing communications, and I specialize in sustainable hospitality. I've done my master's and doctorate research to assist the sector become more sustainable. And, and, and how and why did you develop your product, this My Green Butler? Before you describe it, let us know, why did you do that? Well, unfortunately, this is a podcast, so people can't see my hair color, color but it's, it's a bit gray, if not going white, um, mainly, mainly because I'm getting older, but also because I've been trying very much to try and make hospitality more sustainable. And it's much more complicated than people might think about. Um, I've been trying to do this now since 2006, when I started the first carbon calculator for tourism in Australia called the Green Kangaroo. Um, and I introduced that to a number of businesses, which I helped with their carbon auditing every year for over 14 years. And that taught me just how complex our challenge is. Um, mm -hmm. And I have to say, I started very naively. Um, but uh, now I realize we need better tools to help us improve our situation and obviously strive for the goals that we've globally agreed to go for. Yeah, that's right. So that brings us immediately to, to, to what are you doing? What is my Green Butler? Uh, will you share with, it, with us um, in a few words what it is all about? Sure, sure. So it's, uh, my Green Butler is a sustainability system for tourist accommodation that want to save costs and cut carbon, but motivate staff to save resources and to tell their sustainability story to guests and advise them how to tread lighter on the planet. It's a holistic solution that bridges the sustainability gaps that we have to, to improve business performance. And, and, and how does it work exactly? I mean, I, I, I read a little bit about it, of course, and it says there's also artificial intelligence involved. And how do I have to imagine it? So it's a cloud-based service. We install a range of sensors in the tourist accommodation business, and we monitor the consumption, uh, we monitor the behaviors, we monitor the conditions. That means what the temperature is inside, the humidity inside and the weather conditions outside. We monitor waste and we calculate costs and we calculate carbon. And we do this every 15 minutes so that people have real-time data on how the production and consumption of tourism is occurring and everybody is involved. So it's not for engineers only, it's not for owners only, it's not for housekeeping only or guests only, it's for everybody because it's an unusual situation in the service sector where the guests co-create the experience, they're involved in the production as much as the consumption. 
And so I think I think this is the new part of it. This is really the this is key. Why it is a game changer is that you also include the guests. Yes, they're very important because guests account in hotels for at least fifty percent of consumption and a, a good degree of waste. And in self-contained accommodation, they will account for upwards of 95%. So the guests are instrumental. And there's been a bit of nervousness in tourism that we can't involve the guests. But my argument is, in the world today, the guests are ahead of us. The guests have solar panels. The guests choose when to do their laundry based on the sun and the conditions and how much they're generating. The guests choose now to recycle multiple ways. The guests choose to go on the tram and not drive. So, and is it a special group of guests? Would you say it's mainly the best agers, or is it really everybody by now? Well, it's definitely every, everybody by now in the sense of its humanity. How people are doing it is based on their knowledge. Not everybody shares the same knowledge, and they don't share the same values. And I think it's not a good idea to say it's some people are greener than others because it's not, it's, you know, we aren't really well educated enough, none of us are, to make that claim. I might have a brand new electric car. And so people say, oh, I'm jolly green. But actually, I had a three-year-old car that I just sold. Well, why didn't I keep it? Because half the footprint of a vehicle is the production of the vehicle. So it's very complicated. So I don't think it's a good idea to typecast people in the sense that some will save and some won't. I think it's our job to give them the reasonable reasons of how and why to save and not mm -hmm. simply say the word save, but to give them a much better alternative way of enjoying the hospitality experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a we, we anyway. We need a holistic approach, and as we're talking about the hotel industry, that would of course also mean that when you now start to build a hotel, it should be uh, more sustainable. There should be sustainable architects involved, you know, and then designers. You should invest in in uh, sustainable energy from the beginning. But um, the normal hotel, and there are thousands, millions of hotels in this uh, world are not built like this. These are just normal houses. So I think it's it's a good thing that you um, try to make things better right there where, where people are um, using those hotels and, yeah, including the guests. So um, what, what, what is a green butler? Is, that, is there a gamification um, involved? Or how can I, how are these characters? What kind of a butler is it? Well, I'll, I'll come to that. But I just liked very much your point about new buildings and old buildings. I think that's so important. We seem to be talking so much about you know, decarbonized buildings or zero carbon hotels, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine if you've got deep pockets and you're able to build this. Um, but of course, you're, you know, ignoring the millions of other buildings. And 95% of our challenge is retrofitting. So while we, and it's terrific, all that new engineering and new design work is occurring, but we have mm -hmm. to work out what are we going to do with our existing buildings? And- right. What I'm trying to explain through my Green Butler is that 
we have a situation where we're not synchronizing behaviors. So if I'll come to the question you asked me about the butlers in this in a moment, but I just want us to remember that in a, in a hotel, for example, or self-contained apartments, you have people coming in who are guests who are going to stay one night or a week or so, and they've never been to that city, they've never been to that building, they've got very little idea of the climate, and so they're working within that environment, trying to find things and use things for the first time. And at the same time, because of the way that hospitality is currently structured, many of the staff are casuals, short-term people, who also don't know the building, who may be young and haven't been taught on some of the infrastructure requirements. So you've got most of the people in the building not understanding how to operate it as effectively as their own home. And if you multiply that in a room, a hotel with 400 rooms, so you've got 800 guests and you've got 200 staff, you have a 1,000 people slightly lost. And if each one of them is, shall we say, 10% off target, then collectively you're wasting a significant amount. From my research, it would indicate that we're wasting about 35%, which we can say. To answer the question about my green butler, uh, yes, uh, I know that a butler is uh, considered old-fashioned, but thankfully for Batman, he's brought butlers <laughs> back into the modern world uh, as a concept. So we, we've chosen a butler because um, our system provides uh, visitors and staff and managers the option of choosing their own butler within our system. There are five to choose from, and they can choose the character who is to guide them through the sustainability maze and make it a fun experience. And so with the feedback and advice we give the staff, the guests and the managers, they have a friend on that journey because we're only human and we like to have to relate like that. And there's gamification throughout the process, as you say. So this little butler, butler really persuades me and, and also the staff then to, to, um, to conserve resources. That, that's exactly it, to conserve resources. Yeah, so I have a little friend helping me to be sustainable. Yes, because, and you know, the funny thing is, we both know for all the years that we've been involved in responsible, sustainable tourism, that it started out very much as like an activist situation, a campaign, which, of course, it still is to some extent. But we perhaps have forgotten on that journey that we need to make it fun because we want everybody to be involved and we want everyone to make it a difference, then we need to lighten that whole experience. And I think that's, that's why... Sorry, go ahead. Ideal combination. I mean, because on the other hand, there is a business case. I mean, um, the, the owners of the hotels and, and managers, you know, they can improve performance continuously and they can, um, yeah, and they don't have to pay as much money as they had before. So maybe you can also give us some numbers uh, sure. why it is better for a manager to have a green butler. Well, let's put this into perspective of the world we're moving to, where we've got European legislation that will be requiring buildings to report their energy use and to reduce it. For example, in France now, it's mandatory to report your energy use each year and you have to reduce it by 40% by 2030 and 50% by 2040. Um, you've got other building codes changing in Europe. So if you're in a heritage building, a castle or an old town, then you will be required to change your um, energy standard to improve it. 
So you have this scenario going on. So what's required now from the owners of the buildings, the tourism operators in those buildings, is to improve those, those efficiencies while at the same time maximizing their profits from uh, their guests um, and reducing those costs. So it's a very delicate balance, and reading your bills once a month isn't going to help you identify that 35% I was talking about in terms of wastage. Now, how did I arrive at that figure? Well, with my doctoral research, so it's been scientifically analyzed, independently peer assessed, and I've done it on multiple buildings in three different continents. Um, generally, you can save between 15 to 38% in your resource use simply by guiding the guests better, just the guests. When it comes to the staff, you will find that your staff are often wasting the same degree, uh, and particularly casuals or subcontracted staff. And because you don't know that as an owner, because you're only seeing the bills once a month, you can't track that, even if you compare it to occupancy, because occupancy or even square meters isn't necessarily a good benchmark because it actually inbuilds the waste within that concept. So really the business case is a small amount of money, i.e. our subscription rate, will save you approximately a third of your resource use, your waste costs and your carbon costs within the situation where European legislation is moving that we must comply with reduction. So that's impressive, really, because it's um, it audits everything. I mean, electricity, gas, biomass, water, laundry, waste. So and and it also publishes your your business footprint very transparently. I mean, there will can't be any greenwashing like that, right? Yes, exactly. That that's been a big reason for what I've been developing because guests don't trust some of the. Um, communication that they're receiving um, and they get because when I said at the beginning that you know the guests are ahead of us um, that means that they are trying to add up uh, and they are skeptical uh, about some of the other things they might see around the property um, so it's important to address all of those factors um, another feature that we have is that we allow people to allow the properties to tell their story so for example we will have um, information on the fabrics on the chairs or the paints etc and explain the healthy environment so it we cover a holistic approach so the guests feel reassured that the information they've been given is sound and the second thing that we provided through our e-learning is to train the staff on how to communicate sustainability because this is really a missing link we talk about you know staff engagement but You know, if they don't know the footprint themselves, if they don't know the progress themselves, and if they don't understand where the company is going in this area, then they're not going to be convincing. And I think it's very important also that we all have to recognize that our sector, when it is reporting sustainability, it must be consistent. We can't one year talk about how we've reduced landfill waste and talk about a target, and the next year how much energy we saved, but don't talk about waste anymore. And then the following year talk about how we've saved water, but don't mention energy or waste. The reality is we've got to be transparent. And the honest thing is to become 
a or decarbonize hotel is much more complicated than a quick fix, quick fix switch. Uh, and we need to recognize that and be honest about it. There are plenty of things we can share and tell the guests to get them involved. But we have to remember that a hotel or any tourist accommodation does not use any resources. It does not send any waste to landfill. It's only when one species walks into the building that there is consumption. And we need to recognize that we have to be better at understanding how we operate in those buildings so we don't waste. And that's really the trick. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, for the guests also, and I think also for the staff, there's, uh, there's more um, satisfaction. I mean, if you go to a hotel and you see that, wow, I, I still have my comfort, I live in luxury, but I can still save energy, you feel better. And you feel also, yeah, like being taken seriously. I think it's a huge motivation for staff. I mean, one of the big problems that we have is that our staff are very transient and we have to keep the cost of retraining them, on hiring them. Um, and we need to recognize that the, a critical factor for us is going to be to keep staff as long as we can uh, and to give them a place of employment which they enjoy. And they need to see that what is progressing is a better world from their from everybody's perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's also the, the social responsibility we have for, for our staff. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not acceptable to, you know, not to treat them with respect because, you know, the staff that I speak to often feel they're not respected by the guests. But when we introduce, uh, you know, our service, My Green Butler, what we find is that the guests start talking to the staff more about the experience and the staff enjoy the fact that the guests are respectful because they can see that there's a process in place that enlightens them, that makes them happy. Because we're in tourism, we're in ha the happiness business. They don't want to think they've made a bad choice in where they're staying. And if they know that everybody's working, doing their best to make it a lighter stay, then everybody's going to be a lot happier and, and keen uh, to reciprocate and to congratulate And for a member of staff who's not paid a lot of money to be congratulated by a guest, to thank them for the effort they're making, makes their day. And that really, as a manager, helps you keep your staff. So I really think we need to refocus on what sustainability means. It's not a new challenge that we all have to do, and it's rather boring, and it's tedious, and it's just confining us. We need to see it's liberating, it's creative, It's about innovation and it's about taking us to a more profitable business. Yeah, that brings me a little bit to, to what I also wanted to ask you. I mean, about the, the philosophy, the general philosophy behind it, you know, like it has to get into your DNA. You have, you, pr climate protection is not a, a one, one day thing, you know, and yeah, you can maybe share with us a little bit more of, uh, of these things, like, um, Happiness, as you said. Well, happiness is important. I'll come to happiness. I'd like just to um, cover the point about um, how to promote your business, really, because, you know, my first job was to sell fridges. Now, they all look the same, don't they? I was working for a wholesaler. And I learned at a very early age, before uni, how hard it is to sell something that's the same as everything else without cutting the price. I learned at a very early age not to do that. 
What's key is to sell something that's got an added value, a better feature or, or something that people are more desire. Now, I know that sounds obvious, but when you look around at all the ATOs, everybody's fighting on price. They aren't articulating their unique proposition. And sustainability is about flagging that. And to give you an example uh, from what I'm talking about, it's about a better sleep, for example. Now, really, have we designed an experience in the hotel that means the guests can sleep better? And what's that got to do with sustainability? Well, on one side, we say we must use synthetic fibers because they don't use so much water. But of course, the body heats up at night in a small room. And if you don't use natural fibers, people have to put the AC on. So actually, you use more energy, I would argue, uh, and more resources in general. So really, we need to think about things from that level. Um, in terms of happiness, what's funny is that happiness isn't necessarily people jumping about and laughing and congratulating each other and so on. There's different types of happiness. There's a deep personal happiness. And that type of happiness is very rewarding and long-lasting. It's about when you're doing things that touch your values, that help you live your values, then that self-rewards you and motivates you. And what we've found through the research I've done at university and so on, that you know, a product like My Green Butler helps people to tap in to their character strengths, the things that matter to them, and they then apply the actions to conserve using those character strengths, and that self-rewards them. And you'll find from the reviews at the sites of My Green Butler that people are just delighted because they've had a good night's sleep and they appreciate the fact that the linen is natural and they understand that therefore they shouldn't have it washed all the time. You know, we just need to design experiences better. <laughs> That's great. So, but can the, let's say they, they fell in love with their green butler. Can, can they take them home? Ah, uh, well, that's the plan. So that um, if at the moment guests can say whether they liked my green butler or not during their stay, and if they do, then we're going to allow the hospitality to provider to give their guests a free my green butler from their property. And so it's co-branded and it will allow them to communicate discreetly with their guests over a period of time. It's not meant to be a major CRM marketing tool, but it's a way of tourism extending its values to all its customers. And My Green Butler can be applied in homes, it can be applied in offices, uh, it's the same principle and it allows people to better use the systems that they have to be more comfortable. In particular for homes, the area I focus on is managing extreme weather events. And, you know, We, we, we were all brought up with knowing the word heat wave and we've all been through heat waves, but extended heat waves and not taking action in advance. And then when we do have them, like we have in Australia, we then have bad air quality due to forest fires, then we need to do better adaption. And what my Green Butler does as an intelligent system is help people adapt so that they take preventative action in advance of those situations and gives them self-control. Because when a human knows that there is a way out of a problem, they're able to control their emotions better and to calm, be calm. And that's very important. And that's one of the features that we have. And I think going back to hospitality providers, my 
I know we all talk about the risk management. I think we need to be aware that risk management now needs to include the health of our guests. I don't mean just COVID. I mean extreme weather events and the safety and protection of our guests. And have we really designed our accommodation to help them cope in these difficult situations that we are all going to face? And, and I think it's it's already uh, successful, right? I mean, um, it's it's not like the big hotel chains like Marriott or, or they all have their own um, green systems. But I think you already have a story of success from from hotels, um, uh, small and medium sized, uh, which are, are using the green butler. Yes, I, I I see the the people that I can help most are the independents, small chains and independents, who are, because of COVID, etc., under financial pressure, um, who can't resource on the sustainability side as fast as other businesses, don't benefit from a centralized source. So I'm offering my product to assist them because I come from that background myself, and I want to help them in this transition with a very cost-effective solution which includes e-learning for all their staff, providing that level of flexibility, the monitoring system, communication system with the guests, so that they can make that transition over time. Because those same businesses in Europe and in the United States and in the United Kingdom are going to be uh, now working within the legislation requiring them to report, as I mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have to do that with the resources they've got. So I believe that what we're offering is the best way forward. And we, as an intelligent system, will take a responsibility in providing that service without the cost of consultants, etc., um, on a continuous basis, 24-7, 365. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it might sound like, like, like baby steps, but there's, as you explained already, there's a whole system behind it. And if we don't take the first steps and, and try to change with uh, at least something, uh, the existing, the existing situation in, in, in our hotel, in our own environment, then nothing will start because when you just sit in front of a big mountain, you, you don't know what to do. And I think it's an excellent, um, it's an excellent system to, to get things started and to dive even deeper. I, I agree with you. I think, I think the thing is actually that's going to be very soon is that there's going to be more businesses taking sustainability action than those who are not. And I think they can be on big levels or small levels, but people are all moving in this way because guests won't tolerate businesses that aren't. And you've got large organizations helping this transition, obviously large ATOs that are introducing very um, helpful sustainability programs or ways to identify properties online. Guests are also now considering what they should do in making the choices and are questioning those choices. Certainly corporates have now got to demonstrate that they're choosing a more sustainable alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's also the consumer demand. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, you're not alone. I mean, you also report to the SDGs and and uh, you have a partnership, a partnership with GSTC and you work with Ecotourism Australia. And, and I also saw that you have a cooperation with the government of uh, Sydney. Yes, so the City of Sydney, I'm a, a partner in their Sustainable Destination Program. 
Um, I'm also a partner with the United Nations Environment Programme's One Planet Initiative, which is an excellent programme with a whole variety of different solutions. So yes, we're partnering with a number of organisations so we can share our knowledge because my research is available for destinations and I don't charge for that and I provide them advice because that's the point of research uh, is to help us progress. Um, and then I have my system as well if they're interested. But we, we need to make these transitions now and we mustn't be worried about, you know, because we have to obviously prioritise what we're doing. But there's got to be a time where a company needs to take that step forward. And we can certainly help in that in terms of not making it a too irksome step because that's the point of technology. That's the point of using our smart technology is that it intelligently processes the data on your behalf and assesses it and reports back to you. And so it's not just simply showing graphs and charts, which, to be honest, is often meaningless to people. We actually interpret it in another way and set up projects for people to actually undertake to make those savings. And I mean, we, we all know, we all agree that uh, at, at least those people who are already in, engaged in sustainability, but everybody by now knows that we have to take climate action. And and this is like really somebody walking the talk. So, Christopher, I'm very happy to have you with us. Before we finish, this is um, just a personal question again. What is your wish for the future? Uh, my wish for the future My wish for the future is that we protect biodiversity and that the animals and the plants are able to survive. And my wish is that mankind recognizes that the world is not run by humans, that we don't run a democratic system in any country because true democracy would respect all life. And right now we're not. And I live in a country, I'm proudly living in a country called Australia, where the indigenous people live at one with nature. They see democracy in an entirely different way. And their civilization has lasted over 65,000 years. I've lived with Saudi Arabian nomadic Arabs, and they equally live at one with nature. I think that what the first world nations need to start to think about is that there's an awful lot of knowledge held within our indigenous communities that we need to tap into and that will show us the way of how to live in harmony with nature. Thank you Christopher I totally agree with you and it was really fun talking to you and I think it's it's helpful it also helps uh, small people working in the hospitality industry uh, small hotel owners or whoever's interested to 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 develop new ideas and whether it's a, a little green butler or whether they have their own solutions we need to do something and I'm I'm very happy that you um talked to us today and shared it with us because, yeah, you are part of the solution. So thank you, Chris. Thank you to ITV Berlin for running these podcasts. That's excellent. And um, I'm sure we're all going to get there when we collaborate together. So it was lovely to talk to you all and, and all the best to everybody. Yeah, we will. Thank you. Thank you. 